garage, and uh, in my garage there's an air handler, air conditioner. I was going to put a closet around it and then uh, put a door there, make it look a little better and paint my garage. And, and uh, so I was going to move a door, and I went and priced it. It was about $200, and I just felt a check like I shouldn't. And then so I sat there for a while, and it was at work one day, and uh, in, a, in a garage uh, for a builder, home builder, I had to meet the superintendent there, and there was a, a door just like the doors, the same style as my home. And it was there, and it was with a, a, just a bunch of uh, just uh, stock that was just extra laid up there. I asked him, what are you going to do with that? And he said, I'm going to throw it away. I said, do you mind if I get it? And then so I got that door, put it in, matches the style. And, you know, every time I go pull up in my garage, I see that door, and it speaks of the goodness of God in the little things. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it might not seem like a big thing, but, but God fills our life up with that if we just take a moment and we look back. It's a joy walking with this God. Amen. It is a pleasure walking with this God. There is such, amen, uh, 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 by the enemy to try to keep us distracted from that, to keep us distracted from his goodness and to keep us distracted, to looking at the problems, looking at what needs to be done, looking at the distance that we have to travel, but we only have to stop. Amen. And look back to see what God has done for us. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Amen. I think about the time I was in Africa. Amen. And I, I went there without mercy. I, I just went there by faith. Had enormous peace in my heart. I mean, halfway through the school, I went there. I was in way, way out there in Africa and Uganda. Amen. There at that um, hotel. Amen. And I. I just started laughing out loud. It just came up from within. I said, God, I cannot believe what you have done, and you have done this. But I think it's going to be the way in all of our lives when we walk with God. Amen. Just like when he said, you named that child laughter. Amen. Because it was so outrageous what God had done, given a child to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. But isn't God just like that? Amen. I'm going to take a text tonight from uh, Psalms chapter 46. And y'all pray for me, and I'll have a clear mind, and that God would help me with my notes. They're not in a format that I'd like to have them. And then this is a message that I preached over at Linux, and just felt like that I should also bring it here uh, tonight. Amen. So I don't have a title, but I just want to talk to us tonight about hope. Amen. About hope. Amen. Psalms chapter 46, the 46th Psalm. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, and be, come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to seethe upon the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Amen. If you would, let's go, amen, to the Lord in prayer and ask God to have his way in this service here tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. We thank you, Father, for this privilege.
to stand before your people, God. Lord, you know the need of every heart, God. You know every life. I pray tonight for that grace, God, that makes faith possible, God. Speak to hearts tonight, God. Minister to needs, God. Bring hope and strength and encouragement and comfort to your people, God. Let us leave, God, with gladness in our hearts. Let us leave rejoicing, God. Oh, let us see you tonight, God, afresh and anew, God. Touch my mind, God. Oh, let it be clear and inarticulate tongue, God. Be very careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' wonderful and glorious name, amen. 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 The 46th Psalm identifies God as our hope, though it does not use that word. It does illustrate that meaning, which is simply realizing this, that God is the answer to all of our problem. It's very simple, but that theme is throughout our lives again and again, that God is the answer, amen, to whatever we face, whatever crisis we face, whatever hope we need or whatever we find ourselves in the midst of, whatever the need might be, whatever the circumstance, amen, God is always the one that we must look to. And I, I find that God is very jealous over that glory that belongs to Him, that He doesn't, He's not willing to share it with anything or with anyone. He's not willing to allow us to do it either by design or by default. Amen. He always brings us back to that place that we are His source. Amen. He fed that man with ravens, the man of God, and then He moved him over there. Amen, to that widow, and it was a little day by day by day. He could have given it to him in bulk form. He could have given it to him all at once, amen. But that could have led that man of God away from the very source and the answer to, our, to, his, to his problem, amen, as God has that answer and how true that is in our, our life. I mentioned earlier about walking with God and knowing this God and growing in grace, but we also growing that testimony and that excellence of God shining forth as our through our life. I mean, I look back at pictures when we came here. It's been about eight and a half years ago, and I think to myself, I looked like a kid then, you know, but it hasn't been that long ago. But I think about what God has done in here through, through the midst of all of our, our families and our lives and, and the victories and the testimonies that, that we have overcome and lived through. And, I mean, what a good God He is and how good he is to do these things through us, to call us at such a time as this. Amen. You know, there's an all-out war against the uh, hope of the child of God in this hour. Amen. I do find it in all different ways. It seems like across the board you find more men and women of God fighting that, a, a battle in their body, fighting sickness, fighting circumstance, the enemy trying his best to overcome God's people trying to remove hope from our, our, our heart, trying to remove, amen, our, our focus from Him being our source and get it on this life. And there's a reason for all of this. It says in Romans 8, 24 and 25, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. God is trying, I mean, the enemy tries to steal Hope from the Christian because he doesn't want that thing to come to pass which God has promised. He doesn't want it to be fulfilled. He doesn't want God to receive the glory of it. I remember as a young Christian, God breathed into my heart a hope of revival. Amen. I don't know how to explain it and put it into words. Amen. But I remember reading or listening to tapes about revival. 
about a move of God like Pentecost, about a time when God comes and He just moves in this earth. Amen. When God stands up, His enemies are scattered. When He affects the community. I mean, there's a power that goes beyond what man can do. And there's a, a source that, that man can't lay their hand on that even the sinner have to acknowledge. God did this and it put a fire in my heart. It, it put a fire in my soul. And it carried me through famines and difficulties because that which God had done on the inside of me. And the enemy is trying to war against the hope of the average Christian today. Against the average man and woman of God. Against those... Amen. Who God has given a word to. He's given a promise and assurance to. Amen. Just like He did me. He might not just say it outright, but you know it was God that did that. He did it to Joseph. Amen. Joseph knew something God had waiting on him, and the enemy come to try and take it from him. Amen. And I think about all the souls in motion, all that God wants to do with our life. Amen. I look and I see how that men that have been dead for hundreds of years, I read a book about them and their life testified of who Christ is. And that testimony breathed faith in my life. And now I am doing what I read about in their lives because of the same God, the same Christ that was Christ in them, the same Jesus that was Jesus in their life is Jesus in my life. And the enemy wants to stop that. He wants to bring a hindrance to the work of God. Amen. He wants to stop that process in our life. Keep the souls in motion to extinguish the testimony of God in this earth. God, the devil has a heyday when there's no truth. He can do whatever he wants to. Men can believe the most foolish and insane things. Amen. They can put their hope in anything in this life. Amen. But when God shows up, all of that is seen as a lie. When the child of God gets there, everything changes at that point. Amen. God gives us a hope in our heart. He gives us a word. He gives us that word is quickened from, our, from the pages of that Bible and it enters into us and it breathes faith. And we, we know that if we continue to stand that God is going to do a work in our family's life. We know that we just somehow know it. It's faith. It's God breathed. He did it in our hearts. Amen. But the enemy tries to get our mind on circumstances and he tries to get our mind on that which you can put our hand to. Amen. But if we just stop and listen to the same voice that breathe that word is there reassuring us. The same one that birthed our hope is the one that will continue it. Amen. He is a good, good God, folks. The Bible said he that plows should plow in hope. You're not going to plant a garden if you don't believe you're ever going to see the fruit. Man would be insane to do that. Amen. So the enemy, when God wants to do something in our life and this hope comes, when he wants us to begin that work, hope is associated with the beginning so that God can get us to the finish. And when that comes to pass, the enemy wants to steal that wise coming against the work. I believe that God has a work in every man, every child of God's life. I believe that it is God's desire to do a great thing. Amen. Not by man's standards, but by his standards. I believe he wants to do great things with their life. I believe He wants to know them intimately. I believe He wants to have a relationship with them. Amen. And their faith would grow and change the generation in which they live. That they'll just move with God. And I believe that the enemy tries to hinder that in every child of God's life. God, when He calls us to start a work, then hope is vital. No, I, I do long for that better tomorrow. I long for that day that Jesus said, Behold, I make things new. Amen. That better tomorrow when Jesus comes back for that work. But until then, folks... Amen. God has given me something in my heart to carry me through. 
The wicked, they're like a troubled sea when it cannot rest. That's what this uh, psalm opens with. And this, the Bible says, there's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And sin has made such a mess of this world. And it's a place of trouble and turmoil. And just like those that are trying to swim in the ocean where the current is always pushing and pulling, the world is always trying to move us from that place of peace. You know, there's been such a change here in our nation that we feel the pressure of that. The 46th Psalm is a pilgrimage song. That means they sung, it was sung by the Jewish people as they traveled to the feast, the, to the temple for their annual feast. God's people would encourage themselves to sing this song because they wanted to encourage themselves in the worst of times. Amen. When I was studying for this message, I came across a quote from a Puritan preacher. He said, I, I love the way that the psalmists wrestle and fight and struggle to maintain their hope in God. And when I read this quote, it, it made me realize that many times that I'd failed to do this, to, to wrestle and fight to maintain my hope in the Lord. I thought that it just, you know, had, it was, was dependent upon how I felt or dependent upon the circumstances, but I didn't realize, amen, that I could affect it, amen, that I could wrestle with God, that I could lay hold of it, that, that I was supposed to lay hold of it. I just kind of take it or leave it deal. If I find hope, you know, if I feel hope that day, then wonderful, but if I don't feel hope, I just would leave it like that also until I read this. But the psalmist folk fought to keep hope alive. As I said today, the enemy, or said a little earlier, the enemy tries to steal the hope from our heart. He tries to steal that confidence and expectation in God and what God is going to do and what God can do and what God will do in our life because he's trying to rob God. He's trying to rob, amen, this earth of God, amen, and he fights us, amen, to, to do that. But we are to keep hope alive in our lives. We're to keep that testimony of his faithfulness alive and well made overcomers by the word of our testimony, rehearsing, amen, to us. It hasn't been no longer than this just past couple of weeks that I was there looking, amen, at what God had done. And, and I was thinking about it on the way to work. And, 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 and it, was, it was one of those days where it was kind of up and down. And I, I told myself, I said, God's not as fickle as my emotions. He hasn't changed according to how I felt or not feeling it. Amen. And I had to remind myself to hope in God. Amen, folks. He's a good, good God. And every resource we're ever going to need is in His name. It doesn't matter if it's a financial resource. It doesn't matter if it's a, a resource of people. It doesn't matter what we need for whatever we face. God is the answer to all of that. We find that testimony throughout that word. Whatever, God, whatever God's people needed, when they looked to Him, He was the answer. Amen. Whether it was a personal need in their own life, if they needed strength or needed help or needed comfort, amen, Christ was only the answer. Whether it was practical, amen, everything come from Jesus Christ. That's the hope that we have today. I don't understand why God loves me. That song says, you know, such a worm as I. And I think about a God so high, so holy. He created this universe. He's so holy that the, the earth and heaven fled away. There's no room for them. And yet He loved me so much that He bestowed such love. He bestowed such long-suffering. He brought me to Himself. He wants me to be close to Him. He said His name, His affection on me. It blows my mind. I don't know it. I don't understand it. But I want to walk in it. I want to live in it every day of my life. I want to share this God and this Jesus with those around me. I want to let them know He is your hope. He's your hope. 
thinking as I'm have, as I prepared for this uh, sermon a while back, and I was thinking that this world doesn't have hope, but I was wrong. It has much hope. Amen. A couple of uh, elections ago, it was because people hoped and changed that they were motivated to do something, but their hope is misplaced. Amen. They hope in the, in the fickle things of this life. They hope they're going to find happiness down here. Amen. Only to find that it doesn't bring happiness. And all oh, today our hope is in one who will never leave us, never forsake us, never lost a battle, never come up against a situation, amen, that he did not know what to do. He never led his people where he couldn't keep them. He led them in different pla difficult places at times. Why? Because he wanted them to know he was their source. I think about how they left the God's people coming to the wilderness and, and they were there at a well of water and God led them from that to a dry place. Why? He wanted them to know He was their source. He suffered them to hunger. Why? So that He wanted them to know He was that bread from heaven. And man lives by His Word and not by the natural things of this life. Sometimes the circumstances in our life are the goodness of God just wanting to answer our prayers and bring us to a faith and bring us to a place of stability. You know, sometimes we get frustrated with that up and down. And you look at it over time, the up and the down. But as you watch and as you walk with God, you see it begin to level out and become more consistent as we become mature in Jesus Christ, as we grow in Him and He's able to do with us more of what He wants to do. You can't take somebody just been born again and, and, and put them in high office. Amen. Why? Because it would overcome them. They're not fit for that. They're not, not because they're not born again, but because the process hasn't been taken in our life. But God is working the process in us. He's working that process by letting us know that He is our source and He's our strength. Amen. Every time we need Him, whether it's a personality change, whether it's a ministry, we don't feel like we can do. But when we step out in obedience, we find that our hope was in God and our hope wasn't misplaced. We find that He's able to do it, that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. When we place our, our hope in God, we find out that we're in His plan and we're in His strategy and, and we don't know step two and three, amen, but we just walk into step one and then we don't even know, amen, we're the fifth or step. Well, we just walk with God. We just be faithful. We just do what God has called us to do and God gets us there. And all He said, he said that, that seed springs up and it don't even, the, the folks don't know how it grows. They can't give you the answer to that, but God makes it grow. And it's the same way in our lives that God wants us to know that He's our source, that He's faithful and that He's reliable. Amen. He wants us to look back and see, I have never let you down. Nothing, not one word that I ever told you ever fell to the ground. You never needed me. You never counted on me that I didn't bring you through. I never, not one time, amen, you were never out begging for bread. You were never out there, amen, hungry. Amen, I fed you, I clothed you, I did you good. I did you right. I kept you in the hour. Hudson Taylor one time, amen, it was a night, a terrible night. He was in a foreign land. He's by himself. His wife has died of cholera. His children are in England. His two more children he buried in, in there in that, in that foreign land. He's been faithful. He's done what God asked him to do. He's by himself. He's heartbroken. His wife is gone. Amen. But he said that night, if 20 times I called on the Lord, then 20 times God came to my rescue. Amen. Such is the faithfulness of God that not one single time when he needed him, he didn't let us down. 
I believe that God wants to just to remind us tonight of what we already know. He wants us to rejoice in that river of gladness that comes from hope in His great and holy name. He wants us to remember what all that He's done. He wants us to leave here with joy and gladness in our heart. Can you say amen? I've been reading a book. Frederick Burnham, he's, his life reads like a, a Louis L'Amour novel. He was born, amen, and lived uh, uh, during the settling of the West. And uh, he just saw a lot of things in our, in our nation's history. The Gold Rush, the Apache Wars, the Tonto Basin feud. Amen. He just read a, read, led a remarkable life. And uh, then, then the, the, uh, over in Africa, the, the English were, were begin to colonize that place. And he began to read a name. He began to read uh, fr from the papers a man by the name of Cecil Rhodes. Probably know his name, Cecil Rhodes. I don't know too much about him. Amen. But according to this book, he said that he admired this man, that man's vision to settle that land and, and that man's character and who he was. And he grew to such admiration of this man that he was willing to leave America and go over there and, and offer his skills to that, that Cecil Rhodes to settle what we now know as Tanzania. Folks, we have seen a Jesus Christ so noble so great. Our cause is so wonderful, folks. It's worthy of our lives tonight. Haven't we been touched by His beauty? Touched by His brilliance? We've been called from where we were before. Called to Him. How He changes the workplace that we're part of. It's just mundane before, but now it's a mission field the day after He saves us. You know, we're just going through life trying to make ends meet. Just wasting day after day. But God saves us and He brings us into His purpose and he brings us into his life and everything changes such as this God Moses knew he knew God could deliver but he had trouble believing that God would do it through him oh hope is so valuable to us our expectation in the Lord I was listening to a, a sermon by Kenny Morris you might have heard him say this it was a testimony that he had given he said that his first church he went to he only had uh, four members, including himself, he got married, and that was the fifth member. So he's there with five people. And then one morning, it's him, his wife, uh, two other ladies, and a, and, a, and a man, and they smell gas. So the man, uh, they motion for the man, he gets up, and he's checking all the gas furnaces there in the place. We said everybody not paying attention to him. They're watching this man, and for some reason, it just affected him that day. And so he, he said he, at the end of that service, he was just so uh, you know, taken aback by it, but he said, I'm quitting. Told his wife, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on this. He said he was laid down across the bed there just feeling sorry for herself. And his wife came in, asked him what was going on. He told her, and she said, no, you're not. You're not quitting. He said, get your Bible, pray through, and go preach tonight over there in that. Why? Because they knew, amen, the importance of what God was doing in our life. This psalm, it reminds us about things that are beyond our control Amen. Things that we, we can't, that affect us, that we have no control over, and uncertainty it is present in our world, and it wars against our faith. But just after that description, all of the, what is beyond our control and what's outside of our understanding, we find a river. Amen. This river doesn't heal the land like we find in the other, uh, in the other prophets, but its, its purpose is to make glad God's, God's people, is to make glad God's people. Hope makes us glad tonight. To know that God has it in His control. To know that God knows that God cares. Amen. It brings a gladness to our heart. And that's why the enemy tries his best to steal from us that hope. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of our God. 
We can refresh ourselves in knowing that God is our answer. And in these services, we leave from here refreshed. I mean, the Spirit was moving around here this morning. Amen. Sometimes it's time to attend unto ourselves. Sometimes in the heat of the battle and the burden of the fight, you know, we do carry a burden for God. I was talking to Marcy before I came and preached tonight, and I was thinking it's been about 10 years, amen, this burden has weighed upon me of what God wants to do with my life, and I'm never, I'm never free from it, and I try to be so careful, amen, there has been times during when we were waiting, and I didn't do things around my house, like, you know, things that I would enjoy, like little hobbies, like get, get raise some chickens or plant a garden, because I was so afraid of anything that might dis, distract me, from what God wanted to do in, in my life. Amen. But God, you know, working in us in that way. But this, this river makes us glad and it, it, it takes us, carries us through, amen, to what God wants to do in our life. Heavenly Father, it gives us, He's given us a grace called hope to carry us through every difficult situation while we're waiting on our answer to our prayer. It lifts us up, amen, above those ups and downs, amen, waiting for the answer to come. Amen. Though divine, through divine hope, we are refreshed and renewed in the midst of our trouble because its source is in God and not in a situation. Amen. It's a valuable commodity to the child of God, especially in this hour in which we live when the whole world is being shaken by trying circumstance and our nation's facing. Those three Hebrew children, they're faced with a circumstance they had never encountered before. They're told by a king, if you don't bow down, you're going to burn. But these fellows, they're not careful in their reply, but they said boldly, we will not bow. You know, they didn't know the outcome, but they made a choice based on faith in a living God. Their hope was in God and not in a circumstance. And our hope tonight is not in our circumstances. It's founded in Him who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you even, all the way even until the end. You know, the Lord showed up that day and He kept them from burning. The source of God is in our is in our Lord. The source of our hope is in the Lord. Not in the circumstances. It's not founded upon men. It's not in our own ability and strength. Our hope is in God. It's not in this world. It's not what our ears may hear, our eyes may behold. Our hope goes much farther than that. Seated at the right hand of the Father is Jesus Christ our Lord. He's not just there because He's the Son of God, though but He has every right to be there for that reason, but He's also there because of the great work that He finished here on this earth. Psalms 110 said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Jesus said to His bride, In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. This morning, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is seated upon His throne in victory because He overcame that world. It's a victory that we share in. It's a victory that... We receive help through that, that overcoming all of the enemies, overcoming, amen, death, overcoming hell, overcoming the devil, all the forces that are against us. Amen. He, we share in that victory today. Our hope is steadfast and it's an anchor of our soul. So knowing that God is our source, it's an anchor to our soul. In the book of Acts, we find an account of a ship that it approaches land during the dark and it's dark, they're unable to proceed, and so they cast out four anchors. The purpose for these anchors was, was so that when the morning came, the ship would be in the same place, that the violence of the waves during the darkness wouldn't move it. The sailors, they couldn't afford to be moved, and so they put those anchors out, and it kept them in the right place. What keeps us from being moved by our circumstance 
It is the reality that my answer is in the Lord. It's that hope in God. It's that knowing whatever that I need, that He can, that He will. Man, and when I lose that hope, I'm telling you folks, bad things begin to happen. He's our refuge, strength. The enemy of our soul, he comes in like a flood to overwhelm us. And he uses fiery darts that they mimic our emotion. He tries to make us feel uncertain, afraid, and depressed. All of these warn against our faith. And he tries to steal our hope. He says the situation, it looks worse today than it did yesterday. He said it's been a long time since you felt any hope. Man, but saint of God, even if it looks hopeless and it, and it feels hopeless, that does not mean it. That doesn't mean that it's hopeless. I mean, maybe the answer didn't come yesterday or the day before, but it doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. It just means we're closer than ever than what God is going to do in our lives. My hope is not according to my circumstances. I mean, how wonderful it is to learn that. What a peace it brings when I know, amen, that even though sometimes it, it might feel like God is far away, I know He's not far away because He's given me that assurance of His Word. And I might feel like, you know, sometimes the, it seems like the doors are open and the resources there and then the exact opposite. The resources are there, but the doors aren't open. But God in all of it is working His plan. God in all of it is just bringing us closer to Himself. Very present help in the time of need. You know, folks, the enemy wants to steal your confidence and he wants to leave you hopeless in that hopeless state. He'll try to move you from your place in God. He'll try and steal ministry. He'll try and steal that loved one's soul. He'll try and steal your fire. Amen. He'll try and steal the great things that God wants to do. Amen. By stealing that hope. This happened to Elijah. What a great man of God. We know the contest that he called. How that he stood there by himself against those prophets of, of, of Baal. Amen. And after the, they had been slain, after the contest, after the fire had fallen, amen, God had won, so to speak. And, but then he gets that message from Jezebel. And she says she's going to take his life. And when that happened, he, he got his eyes off the Lord. He caught his eyes off that God being his, his source. And, amen, and, and he ran. Paul also looked at the circumstance at a place called Troas. Only time this occurred in the Scripture, but Paul came there. He was expecting to meet a fellow a laboring God that he had sent to a church and expecting him. He wasn't there, and so it so worried Paul. Paul missed the open door because he was troubled by the fact that that man wasn't there. He was troubled by the fact, you know, and so he went looking for that man, and even that great man of God missed an open door. Amen. All the devil, he fights, amen, and he'll try and cause us to miss open doors in our life why by stealing our hope amen by getting our eyes amen getting our eyes on circumstances and help and causing us to to forget amen or trying to tempt us to forget that god is our source and that god's going to do what he said philippians 1 and 6 says being confidence of this very thing he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of jesus christ I think sometimes we, we get saved, we go along with God, and, and sometimes we think that God kind of winds us up and, and turns us loose, and you know, we're just independent of Him. But the same one that began, the same one that birthed it in our life, is the one that, that attends it, that watches over it, and brings it safely, safely into the harbor. And all tonight, God is a good, good God. Brother Clendenin always said that He never starts. I mean, He never starts until He finishes. Before the foundation of the world, a lamb was slain. We use that. That just simply means that it was decided then and it was certain to take place because God has said it. 
Our hope is in the same Jesus that saved us, that he's able to keep us in every situation of life. Long before we faced the problem, God had the answer prepared for the moment we prayed. Terrible, a terrible famine in Samaria. Man, there is no food there. There's no answer. But the word of God came that there's going to be food tomorrow. Nobody could have foresaw that. Nobody could have known that. But in the next day, it was just like God's word said it was. Hope always backs up faith and believes in God. And it, it never demands details. Man, you know, sometimes I want to know, God, how are you going to do this? I mean, if you'll share with me how, then I'll do it. You know, but, but man, just let me wait, you know. Man, but oh, he is faithful to us. Man, that man of God, he gave him a word. and uh, God, God gave his man a word. He survived the storm. And he was there and God said that you're going to testify for me in Rome. And that man of God, he was there in the midst of a terrible storm, terrible circumstance, amen, terrible trial. But because that word, God gave him that word, he knew that he wasn't going to go under. That's the same way in our life when we know and it feels like, amen, that life's pressing in on us. But we know, amen, that God give us a word and that word's going to be fulfilled up ahead. So this one's not going to be the end of me. That we know God's going to do it according to his help. Amen, if the musicians would come, I'm going to try and amen, close it down. Psalms 42 and 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in the Lord, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. You know, I, I think as I look across this congregation and folks, some of you have been saved and you've labored for God and just, just a lot of different walks of life represented, different places in God represented. Amen. But, but I think sometimes that we just want to, God to, to know. We just want to know that God knows and that it means something to him. Our, our sacrifice, our trial, amen, our heartache, what we went through. We just want to know, God, I just want you to, just wanted you to know, I just want to know that you know and that you care about it. Amen. I was thinking about uh, Daniel. Amen. Daniel was a young man that was with us, amen, like our son for five years. Amen. And then he, he went back to his uh, birth parents. But uh, shortly after he came into our home, it was probably about nine months he was there. And, uh, and, and something, I, I, you know, naturally you get attached to it. You know, a child there in your home, he's two years old, uh, about two and a half at this point. Amen. And I realize that I'm, I'm starting to, you know, to, to love him, to feel this affection toward him. Amen. But it's not the same type of affection that I feel as toward my wife. It was different. But I come to realize that it was the love of a father. I wanted to stand in between Daniel and those that would bring him harm. I wanted, you know, to see him develop to his full potential. I wanted to do everything to make his life as good as it could be. And I realized that's the love that God has for me. That's the same love that he shares. He wants me to go all, all the distance that I can with him. He wants to stand in between me, amen, and those things that would harm, amen, those things that would hinder, amen, those things that would tear down. Amen, would you stand tonight? I, I remember a time in my life when I didn't have hope. Hope in God. My hope was in the, the fact that I hope that I get another call, that I hope I live a long life, that type of thing. But it wasn't in God. You know, but now our hope is in God. If we look back, amen, talking about how that hope comes, and it always is associated with the beginning for God to bring us to a finish. 
when we see the ministry of John the Baptist, they did a great work there. Or John the Baptist did a great work. His life was one that he was given to his ministry. Amen. He lived in the wilderness. He lived off by himself. He sacrificed is where I'm going with this. He didn't live like the common man during that time. He gave everything to God. And, and the time come that, that he prepared his nation. He fulfilled his ministry. He prepared that nation for Jesus Christ, for the ministry of Christ Jesus. And so, I mean, that one, by divine, man, by divine uh, revelation, he realized who Christ was and he testified of him. They came to John and they said, folks are leaving from your camp, your followers, and they're, they're going to, to Jesus. And that was okay for him. You know, because he said, I mean, he brought him joy. I mean, but the time come, I mean, that the things didn't turn out like he thought they would. Y'all could play, begin to play softly. But they didn't turn out like John thought they would. Christ, in his understanding, he knew him through Isaiah. He thought he was going to bring justice and judgment. He thought he was going to write things in that, in that culture. And the Christ that he saw was a little different than, than what he had thought he was going to see. You know, Christ came and he seemed to be somewhat passive. He, he, he did not set things straight. They asked him to leave. He left. He wasn't this fiery like an Old Testament prophet, like the ones that called down fire and, you know, like, like that. And, and so now John finds himself in prison. Amen. He finds himself, man, and he couldn't see the fruit of all of his sacrifice. He was almost offended in Christ Jesus. I mean, he saw the end. I mean, he saw the beginning, but he couldn't see the end. He couldn't see how it was going amen, to end in his time. And so he sends word to Jesus Christ. And there, man, Christ sends him word, word back. Man, and he says, you go tell John what you've seen. I mean, of course, we know he's ministering. Folks are being healed. The gospel's being preached to the poor. And John was made to realize that the work that he had had, he took part in. It's the same way in our lives, folks. The enemy tries to come. Man, the enemy tries to come and he tries to hinder that end work, that end product. He tries to say, you know, when, we, when, when God uses us in the beginning and God, when we start out for Him, you know, God doesn't trust everybody with a beginning. He doesn't trust everybody with a ministry. He doesn't trust everyone with a ministry like John the Baptist where he was going to lay a foundation for other things. He doesn't trust everyone to pioneer a work. Amen. Not just everyone is suited for it. Amen. But those that he does trust, he lets us see the fruit of our labor before it comes to pass. Just like Joseph's dream, he let him see the conclusion of it. Amen. He's still got to go through some trials. He still has to go through some trouble. Amen. He still has to earn that place, so to speak. But God let him see it. I know there's God put hope in your heart for a reason. And he knew that if you stand in your place, that loved one will be saved. Amen. It's the reason that he put it there. It wasn't just circumstance. It wasn't something that we thought, but it was God himself. Why? Because he wants that fruit. He wants that conclusion in our life. And he wants him, us to know along the way that he is our source. Amen. Just like that man of God used that psalm and he said, Come, let us renew our hope. Church, would you come? Would you gather around these altars and meet us tonight? Would you let us renew our hope in this great God? Would you let us speak to us, drink of that river fresh and anew, allow that gladness to fill us up?